Hey, this is Robert Gowan. You're listening to Mentors for Military. And of course, you can find us at mentorsformilitary.com. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-S-F-O-R military.com. Uh, I'm your host and joining me is my co-host, uh, Rudy Lindsay. What's going on, Rudy? Man, Robert, I survived the great eastern snowstorm of 2016. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I went back and listened to a lot of the podcasts, and of course, we started off with talking about weather on every single one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it wasn't that bad, really. No, we didn't get a lot of snow. We're, we're supposed to get it like middle of the week coming up. Yeah, good deal. I'm, I'm glad you didn't get it that bad and everything. So um, especially uh, chickens, everything doing well, all the animal, yeah, farm animals. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Good, good. Good to hear. Tonight's going to be a really good show, and of course, we've got an active duty uh, Green Beret, uh, Mark McCowan. So, welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, hey, thanks. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man, you're feeling a little under the weather, so of course, we hope that you can hang in there with us, drink plenty of fluids, and uh, we'll get this show going. Yeah, Sip definitely. I don't think I came. Yeah, drink a little coffee. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I came through the the Ice Mageddon 2016 as good as uh, Rudy did there. <laughs> uh, so, so let's just go ahead and start because I, I want to get the listeners to kind of understand a little bit about your background. Um, you know, first off, you and Rudy have known each other for a while. How long have you guys known one another? Oh man, it's. Um, probably uh about four years now five four or five years we've known each other uh basically through work right okay cool so tell us a little bit about uh your kind of military background i know of course everybody knows that you're green beret but uh did you go right into that uh what were you uh prior to going and getting the long tab what, kind of give us a little bit about uh, your background your history okay um uh i came into the military um while I was still in high school in um, Dump Truck County, North Dakota, uh, between my junior and senior year of high school, uh, I went to basic training uh, in the North Dakota National Guard. Um, so you did the whole split came thing. Came back from that and finished my – yeah, I did that split. It was split option, it was yeah, called. And was, yeah, yeah. just had kind of started out back then. I did that in uh, June 14th in 1988. I uh, went to basic training. Wow. Yeah, quite a while ago. Uh, see, you know, I uh, I kicked around in the North Dakota National Guard. Um, had a, started a family real young, and just, you know, saw real quick that I wasn't going to be able to feed them uh, professionally ice fishing. Um, <laughs> so uh, I kind of looked into the active duty stuff as soon as I could, and I was kind of under a contract with a guard. So it took me a couple months. That you know, after my after when I graduated my senior year, then it took me a couple months to, to actually be able to come active. And then I went active duty in 90 uh, and was stationed in Fort Campbell, uh, Kentucky, in the 101st Airborne and started out my military career there uh, as a 88 Mike uh, motor transporter. Oh, uh, wow. Best, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, word on the street was I was the best truck driver ever was. Uh, <laughs> just ask Mark, I'll but, tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, just ask me, I'll tell you. Uh, but, you know, and, and I kicked around, um, you know, went off to Desert Shield, Desert Storm with the 101st Airborne with that. Um, and I, I, you know, I had a, a tough time fitting in in the regular army. Um, constantly needed to trim a mustache, hair was always too long, uh, didn't blouse my boots right. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was rough go at it in the 101st. 
Uh, and I left there and went to Germany. I was stationed in Germany for like a three-year tour of my family. Where about um, you? Uh, where were you stationed in Germany? Uh, Mannheim, Germany. Mannheim. Um, okay. Yeah, I was in Twenty Eight Trans there in Mannheim, and uh, <laughs> them uh, bless their hearts. Uh, they allowed me to <laughs> deliver mail throughout pretty much all of Europe. Man, it was an incredible uh, experience. Like I've never had so much fun in the army wait. As, as those three years wait there. wait it, wait it, wait it was, you were a mailman in the army yes yes uh, <laughs> i didn't actually SF get that. guys I have get a to, pretty uh yeah. eclectic background wait 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 yeah. so so you go from being a mailman truck driver in germany to a green beret this is gonna be a good story so i'm waiting to, all right let's, let's keep going <laughs> So uh, I left Germany. Uh, a bunch of us that were all stationed together in Germany, we all um, came down on orders for Fort Riley, Kansas. Uh, and I went back to Fort Riley, Kansas, and that was pretty much, I call it the nail in my, the coffin for the regular army for me. Um, I sat there uh, for about five years. I, was at, I arrived there at E5, and I left there at E5 five years later. Um, Holy I mean, It was <laughs> Uh, but man, I I never caught so many walleye or smallmouth or largemouth. Uh, I shot ducks for a living. It was an incredible time for an outdoorsman, but a horrible time for me in the army. Uh, and that's you know towards the end uh, of our time there, my time there, uh, like when I got ready to go to selection, I was right at like the ten year mark in my career, and I knew I had to make a change. Um, and that's when I looked into. Uh, special forces. I had a friend of mine that I was with on her first airborne that was with me in Germany, and he went to it from Germany. Uh, so I kind of it was always in the back of my mind, like I needed to do it. And, so he went. He you went know, after you did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A long time before that, uh, rock star fifth group, Danny Linville. Uh huh. Um, and you know that was always in the back of my mind the whole time I was at Campbell or at um, Fort Riley that that I was kind of spinning my wheels and wasting time. And then finally, you know, like when I hit that halfway point in my career, I knew I needed to make a, a move uh, or it had been, you know, it, it would have been too late for me to get on board with it. And then went off to selection and, you know, got selected, came back to Fort Riley. I think I was one of the few guys ever selected out of Fort Riley. Man, them guys like gave me the keys to the motor pool and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Parades and all kind of the naming babies after me, all kind of craziness. <laughs> well, that you know, Mark, that ties in real well with uh, with what Robert and I are trying to do with this. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 guys like yourself with a with a similar story, not exactly the same, but a similar story who strive to want something more. Yeah. You know, you you weren't. It sounds to me like you weren't happy, uh, fully happy doing what you were doing, and, and you you felt you needed more. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, like, um, you know, like everything from like the PT, uh, man, I'd show up to PT formation smoking a cigarette and I'd have one tucked in my shoe. Uh, the unit would go on a run. I'd be like one of the only guys left at the end of the run. I'd smoke a cigarette at the finish line while I was waiting for everybody <laughs> to come back. But, you know, I really, you know, I look, kind of looked around like, hey, I, you know, I, I wanted to make that break and separate from that. And, that, you know, I've, you know, watching people that weren't really trying their hardest to do anything or or where we'd be out working, you know, they'd be going and uh, hitting like what they call them things at the commissary, them big box sales or whatever it was. You know, people would be hustling over to that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, I, it just, I got so fed up with the regular army that it, it was, you know, it was crushing me. Uh, and that really did lead to, you know, calling an SF recruiter and saying, hey, I'm ready to leave. 
Interesting. Very good. Well, I want to let uh, those that are listening to, uh, as we get through this, Rudy, make sure that they are logged into Mixler if they're not already to, uh, you know, go to Mixler.com. That's M-I-X-L-R.com. And you'll find Mentors for Military. Make sure you create a profile and you can join in on the chat. Uh, we've got Mark McCowan on the line here. And, of course, we're talking with him about his career and his uh, future transition. If you want to join in the conversation, uh, please join in the chat. You'll see a chat room that's in there. So, yeah, so we, got a, we got a few guests. Great. So, you know, Mark, so you, you decided to go on and go to SFAS. You went back uh, to Kansas. And uh, so what what made you all of a sudden decide to, uh, well, first off, what made you decide to go into spe- uh, Special Forces in the first place, especially from being in the, you know, an 88 mic? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, and I got looked at, I got some weird looks at selection. And, and even like throughout the whole Q course, um, I would, I would run into the occasional cadre that wasn't real down with the soft skill guys coming in. That was kind of at the leading ed- right at the um, leading edge of the X-ray program. So yeah, you had the monkey uh, in your back was, right from the get go. Yeah, you know, as soon as I showed up there, uh, there's a big target on your back because you're soft skill MOS, and uh, they don't have time to train you or anything like that. So you you know you had to be real motivated to make it through then. Uh, but it was just you know it was I I was. I wanted to do more. I wanted to test myself. I wanted to uh, make a difference, you know. And and uh, when I got down, you know, to Bragg and I went through selection, uh, you know, I had an incredible group of guys around me. You know, you're all uh, in your huts according to alphabetical order. And, and the Max, you know, without a doubt, were the coolest guys in selection. That that group of Max that was around me. Uh, so, you know, we kind of banded together and, and made a go at selection. Really thought we'd done something when we got selected. Uh, Lulu, we know that when he came back for small unit tactics is when SF really started to suck. Um, <laughs> the fun was just beginning. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, I showed back up. I was like, hey, I'm selected. So I was just kind of showed back up to pick up my beret and move out and, and take this war on terror. But, uh, you know, I went through, went through the Q course, um, just at an amazing time at it. And it really, while I was going through the Q course, uh, a lot of guys around me, kind of the same boat, were just so fed up with their units. Or, or just, you know, mentally and physically wanted to challenge themselves. So it was kind of neat right. to be surrounded by those guys. Yeah. So uh, when you went on to Q, uh, you became what? What's your MOS background? Uh, I was at 18 Charlie. Okay. Uh, so I came out of the Q course, 18 Charlie. Uh, left the Q course, went right to fifth group at Fort Campbell. Um, so I got into... Uh, just an unbelievable team there and uh, did a couple of rotations with fifth group um, and came out of fifth group and was uh, sent to um, back to Fort Bragg to be a, a cadre out of Camp McCall uh, and did a three-year tour out at McCall. When I left McCall, then I came to third group. Gotcha. And just, so, just so you guys know, 18 Charlie is a uh, special forces engineer. Yeah. Good, good catch. Yeah. Yep. Yep, sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. So, I mean, you, let's see, now we're talking about 1990 uh, time frame, right? Early 90s? No, no, no. Not, when I, I, I was at, uh, I was in the regular Army for over 10 years, so right at 10 years when I started oh, gotcha. the selection process and that. So, that, you know, it took me right into the 2000s. Um, and then, uh, you know, a year and a half through the Q course and then got to uh, fifth group in 2003. Okay, so right after 9-11 and all the action hitting and everything else, you come right out of Q and yeah, hit, right hit the in, ground running there. Yeah, buddy. 
Yeah, yeah, that was kind of neat. You know, it was a neat time to be there. Uh, there was uh, I missed the the invasion, um, but you know, as soon as I got there, it was the the unit kind of was going through a transition where the older guys. Uh, that had been there, you know, that wasn't uncommon then for dudes to be on a team for like seven, eight, nine years. Uh, and those guys were kind of at their seven, eight or nine years. And uh, those dudes were all kind of coming out. And then there was, you know, some younger, we call you know, young, new young guys at that time. When I got there, I was a staff sergeant. Uh, and I was the lowest ranking guy on the team. And now, you know, like I made E7 right after that. But the, the, now it's not uncommon to have E5s on a team that are brand new E5s, you know, so it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the teams have definitely got a lot younger now. Um, but, you know, I showed up there and, and had an incredible experience there with a, just a solid team. Uh, one of the guys that you guys will be talking to later on, uh, he was one of my teammates there, Ron Schwery. Yep. Uh, and, and still, you know, every one of those guys from that team, you know, we still talk, you know, once or twice, you know, a week or a month at least. And so it's an you know, unbelievable friendship with those guys. Okay. So everybody's got a story. And of course you said you were from North Dakota and uh, you decided to go into 88 Mike went the whole national guard route, but what was the reason why you wanted to uh, come into the military? What was, what was kind of your story as to why you came in? Uh, came from uh, my whole family, uh, both sides, mother and father's side of the family are military. Um, most of them not career, but, uh, pretty much once you, once you reach that fighting age male, uh, you're kind of looked at to enter the military, you know, some, somewhere in it, you know, and it didn't, you know, either any, all the branches. Uh, so there wasn't really anything on my, my dad's side, it was, a uh, all Navy and on my mother's side, there's a, you know, there's army, there was, uh, everything, you know, national guard, you know, and, and all that. And so, you know, it was a real big thing but i'll tell you man um i came up poor like like poor um my north dakota national guard recruiter uh when he when he first came out to our farm in north dakota um because you know he had to get my mother's permission and sign off and everything because i was only 17 uh but when he got out there um I remember sitting at the kitchen table and that guy was kind of giving his spiel and i was like yep i'll do it because uh, to me, it was easy money. You know, like I'm looking at getting up at four o'clock in the morning and, and driving on my little Honda 125 up to the neighbor's house to milk cows and then go to school or um, do something like this. And they feed you all kind of like three meals a day and a place to sleep. I thought it was the greatest thing that's, in the world. But that's you know, high living that, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never ate so much in my Th- life. Three hots and a cot. <laughs> yep, three hots and a cot. Yeah, so, but that guy, uh, when he's talking to my mom about it, and she was kind of on the fence about it. We, you know, we lost some family members in war, um, you know, and, and you know, and, and I was young, and and one of the guys that that our family had lost, my uncle Ralph McCown, was uh, killed at, at at a real young age in Vietnam, and my grandmother had signed off for him at seventeen to enter the army, and uh, so. It looked like, you know, here, you know, 20 years later here, I was trying to do the same thing. Uh, and it really, I could see it was pulling on my mom a little bit. But uh, one of the things that got her was that recruiter was sitting at her table and, and he had his legs crossed and he had the uh, black speed lace combat boots on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, those. You know, when they first came out with those speed lasers, <laughs> yeah. you grab them at the top and pull yeah. it. 
Uh, yeah, and and she looked at them boots there, and of course, you know, it, you know, in her mind, you know, it's like, dang, that'd be a good pair of boots to wear around the farm and out to feed cows. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And she yeah, she asked that guy. She was like, hey, you know, if Mark signs this thing, is he gonna get you know stuff like this? You know, fancy uniform, and he's there in his BDUs, uh, and 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 boots like that. And he looked over at her. He said, ma'am, he will get two pair of boots. Uh, and she grabbed that pen and signed it right there. Uh, so she basically signed my life away uh, for two freaking pair of combat boots. What a great story. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, it, uh, that blew her away that he's going to get two pair of boots. And she grabbed that pen and signed it. Uh, but so, all she was thinking know, of that was you were going to apply that to the farm, though. That, that's what she was thinking. That's what was yeah, going through yeah. her head. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. She's like, hey, when he comes back, he'll have two pair of boots. I won't have to buy them anymore. Oh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> but that guy, you know, just to give you, like, you know, so it really was, you know, it was out of necessity almost because we, right. we weren't doing that hot. Uh, and, and, you know, and that, and that was, you know, one less mouth to feed around the place or anything like that, however you look at it. But, um, you know, even, you know, like when he kind of gave her a breakdown of, of, okay, so he'll, you know, he'll go to MEPS and then he'll go to this and go to that. We'll get him back in time for his senior year where he's going to miss like a week of his senior year, which I didn't mind because I was always tardy anyway, so it really right. didn't matter to me. Uh, but the, the, he was, you know, he kind of went through this packing list of what I should bring down there. And one of the things was tennis shoes. Uh, and I didn't even have tennis shoes. Um, so she was like, oh, hey, you got a little, like, he doesn't have tennis shoes. And that guy was like, well, you know, he was late for like another week. Um, he can have tennis shoes by then. And she's like, no, there's no way we can have shoes by then. So that guy came and got me like a day or two later, drove all the way back out to the farm again, like 45 miles from where he was working at, uh, and brought me into Bismarck and bought me a pair of sneakers to bring down to basic training with me. Oh, wow. that's a dedicated recruiter right there. Yeah, hey, he was getting his numbers. <laughs> well, that was probably back go, in he the. He didn't go out and get me any. He didn't get me any dang nice track shoes or anything. But we just got a run the old pair of sneakers, and he sent me on his way. That's that's a great story. That's a great story. Uh, so I'm sure you've told you. Really, I guess you know it all the way comes back to is uh, more out of you know uh, n- need for for money or. Uh, anything like that. I I was not driven then at that time by service to my country or anything. You know, like I I eventually I think would have went that route anyways a little later on. You know, after I finished high school, I'm sure I would have went that route just because of the family history. But at that time, right then, you know, even at that young, uh, you know, and I made up to me piles of money. You know, like I bet when I started my senior year, I had over a thousand dollars. You know, and I, I'd never been that rich in my life. Right. So what in the world, okay, I know we're going to get in the whole transition and the, the fact that you're going to be getting out soon, but you just said you went from 88 Mike to an 18 Charlie. So it's really interesting to me. Um, I know your buddy went that route and everything, but was it more of just to follow him or what in the world got you excited about going into special forces? I think he was about to get in trouble in the regular army. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, I, yeah I, my days were numbered regular army. I, I'm serious, man. It was, you know, like, uh, and I was with a good, good group of guys um, that I was, that was around, really good mentors around me, uh, but just none of them that could motivate me to, um, to excel in the army. But I, I, I had, a, you know, like, I just wasn't seeing eye to eye with, with everything they were doing. I hated to see, 
uh, people getting over or people that weren't working as hard, you know, the, the career shammers, mm-hmm. uh, just drove me nuts. And, and so it kind of held me back from excelling, you know, and, and, um, there was a time like in the regular army where I was, you know, denying going to a promotion board, uh, and and it wasn't that you know I was fed up with the army. I was just fed up with with that life, you know, with being around. And I couldn't see excelling with them guys. Uh, to me, it was just so dead end that it was you know it was incredible. And then you know back of my mind uh, where my buddy Lee Bob had had already done it, and I was like, man, if he did this thing, uh, and I just I call that recruiter up just one day, you know, like didn't really talk it through uh, with my first wife, uh, and just kind of pulled the trigger on it. Uh, and I think, you know, that that uh, that marriage didn't last that long once I came into SF anyways. But I think that that was, you know, part of it was like I immediately went in another direction and, yeah. and went at it full bore. And then once I got in it, you know, it was just wide open and um, I've never had a boring day since then. Well, I bet you haven't. Good Lord. Yeah. So you've got how many years in now? So you said 88. So are we talking active duty 26, somewhere around there, 25, 26? Yeah, yeah, right around, I think it's like sitting at 26 right now. Uh, like, uh, it, it's weird. You know, I don't know. I don't really understand how that, uh, like how, how my retirement years and my, you know, because them guard years. Right, um, right. Them, you know, so I have a, a entrance day and a basic active service day and a, and all this kind of different numbers and that. But my actual uh, active duty time started like in 90. Gotcha. All right. So let's come up with the million dollar question. What are you looking at as far as uh, what do you, you know, time frame and everything else for dropping papers? What are you what are you thinking right now? I'm thinking right now, like I, I kind of had, you know, the beginning of this year as a target. Um. So, you know, now that we're through the the Christmas hubbub and the and the half day work schedules and a day on, day off and all that, uh, I really, you know, like my my big plan right now is to sit down with like one of the career counselor guys uh at the battalion and kinda make sure like he goes back through my numbers and looks at my years and looks at, you know, to make sure that if I don't stick around for four more months or something like that, that I, I hit a different pay scale or something. Right, right. But I'm you know, and um, I've never, you know, I've never sat down and looked at retiring. Uh, and, you know, Rudy's, he, he gives me a fair amount of crap for it. But <laughs> I really, you know, like, I'll tell you, man, I just, I've had so much fun doing what I do now. And, oh, you didn't see that meme I put on LinkedIn, did you, Mark? Oh, oh that's right. No, because I'm right. not, yeah, I'm not old enough to be, yeah. yeah, I'm not old enough to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> Yeah, that no, was probably a good thing you didn't see it. It was uh, kind of jabbing you a little bit. <laughs> Not my name though. Story of my life. Story of my life. All right, so uh, you you've yeah, got a I, you've uh, got us playing at least of Facebook. You got a plan at least of where you're going. You you kind of have an idea and all that kind of good stuff. So honestly, what planning and preparation have you really done to this point, knowing that it's coming, or what do you plan to do coming you know coming out of the gate going forward? What what are you kind of looking at? What are some of your thoughts and fears, uh, especially? You got this big, burly, you know, snake-eating kind of guy. What are you, what are you kind of thinking of uh, as your fear as you go into the unknown? Oh, my God. Uh, everything. You know, like, and that's weird to, to say, like, everything, but really it is. You know, it's just such a – I look at, you know, like, 
and it's not like you're I'm in a comfort zone because you know what we're doing is you're ne- not necessarily ever comfortable with with what I'm doing now. Uh, but it is it's a known you know I know I'm doing this and and I and I know I love what I'm doing for our country and and uh, the job satisfaction is like to the you know out through the roof it's just nuts but um, you know I got to look. The only plan I have right now is sit down and talk to that guy and make sure that I'm, you know, at a at a reasonable time for, you know, time frame for not, you know, busting a year or, or need to go one more year or something. But then my plan is to just go forward, you know, drop papers and I, I want to ACAP for is is long, you know, a, a, at least a year and make sure I hit all the programs that I can and and uh, get me as is set up as I can to to exit. Well, one of the things we're definitely going to do is make sure we get a copy of my book, uh, Master the Transition. I'm going to get you a, a personal copy for sure. But one of the things you, you've got to start looking at as you move forward is definitely what it is that your passion is. And I think I understand and know, and, and maybe it'll be good to kind of share what that passion and purpose is that you found within your life. And you've been able to apply it um, not only from a personal standpoint, uh, standpoint, but I think there's a really good professional point of how you help a lot of uh, charity organizations um, and uh, you know nonprofits and moving forward. and And maybe it'll be kind of good to share with the audience a little bit about that background and what you're looking at doing, maybe in the next step, and what your purpose and passion is. Okay, yeah. Once I once I depart from the army, um, my absolute plan is to be some somewhere involved in the f- fishing world like freshwater fishing world and I'm passionate about talking. bass fishing so it's going to be in that realm um and you know I'm a realist and I'm I'm a little bit older than your run of the mill guy breaking into the, like the tournament fishing um so I can see that you know um like full time tournament fishing something like that it's probably just beyond reach just by, by age. Um, but I definitely want to be in the world, you know, whether it's it's working with lure companies or, you know, or look, working with lure companies and fishing, but just something like to, to deal with that. And then the um, the so you so Mark, you've actually so you've actually without realizing it, I think you've actually stumbled on the first and probably most important aspect of of you know what we're what we're talking about and and coming up with a plan for that transition and and we we talked about this in some previous shows um and robert writes about it in a book um that's finding your passion you know finding what you absolutely love to do and then you're going to figure out how to how to bust into that scene yeah, I think so. Um, and it's kind of, you know, just like with my reg- you know, my my regular army career. Uh, hey, I didn't mind serving a country. And I did some really cool stuff while I was in the regular army. Um, but I found my passion when I came into SF, and and um, from everything from you know learning languages to you know learning different jobs and and applying that skill set to uh, fighting bad guys. You know, it was just like like hey i was living and it was awesome uh and i know when i transition out of the military um i'm gonna put that same you know like i want to be passionate about what i'm doing and you know and that's how you know i definitely plan to tie it into fishing so i'm passionate about that and have been my whole life so that's you know i don't want to get out 
I don't think I could work in a cubicle somewhere uh, for the simple fact, like, if you know, if a dude, uh, you know, isn't trying that hard, then I'll apply the SF skills and, you know, maybe at lunch we'll fight or something like that. And my wife's kind of always laughing at me that, hey, you can't just bully people all the time. <laughs> yeah. and, hey. Hey, hey, she, hey, Mark, you know, she uh, gets on me that it's not going to happen. You know, when you leave the army, you can't just you're not a yeah. team star anymore. Hey, we've we've got a good question on the chat, uh, Mark and Robert. The uh, uh, Josh is asking, you know, what are we talking about? What do we mean by passion? What do we mean by it? Yeah, yeah. What do we mean by you know your your pat? You found a passion, you know, uh, after SF, and and that's to be in the fishing industry. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, uh, I, you know, I say when I'm passionate about it, like, hey, um, it drives me. You know, like I'm gonna get up and I want to be around it. Um, and I think that's important. You know, like especially the job I'm in now. Uh, it's it's not that often you come across a guy that shows up for late work or I don't know guys that call in sick. Yeah. Uh, because you want to be in there and you want to be you know doing your thing and and training and and deploying and uh, you know, uh, honoring that green beret, uh, and just being around that, you know, like I'm, I'm bringing that to, uh, fishing or, you know, the fishing industry around it, you know, like I, I want to do something that, that keeps me from calling in sick or that keeps me, you know, I, I want to get at it and, and win when I get out there and do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, we talked about a little bit during our last show with Judy, and uh, I think you hit it kind of, as Rudy would say, the nail on the head, um, Mark, in your explanation. But truly the passion or purpose is whatever it is that drives you, what it is that makes you in the morning get up and not want to hit that alarm and that snooze button a second or third time. Because once you start doing that, you start realizing you're not applying your passion to your, your current job or what you're doing. and And there's a lot of ways that you can do that in, in terms of, um, applying it. I think that's where a lot of people miss. You know, when we talk about passion or purpose, we're not talking about trying to create necessarily something new. It could be trying to figure out a way to apply that to your present position in a way that excites you and gets you motivated to want to get up in the morning, do your job, do, do the things that you like to do because you, you have a sense of purpose. You're, you're finding what it is that you do. And so, by you know, you already knowing Mark what it is that you want to do when you get out. I think that's a huge step. I think a lot of people may think they know what they want to do, may think they know what their purpose or passion is, but when you truly identify that and are able to figure out then the path forward to make it actually happen, um, you're already one step ahead. I mean, you're, exactly. You, you know, most people yeah. don't know how to execute it, but you've had an opportunity here while you've been in special forces to have uh, a great, you know, we're going to talk here in a moment about networking and everything else, but you've had an opportunity to really nurture that throughout your time in dealing a lot of, uh, with a lot of um, mentors or, um, you know, folks like that can really help you get within this industry. And I think that's a really important key as well. Oh yeah, I think so. I think, um, so if you look at it, I've kind of been a cap and, uh, since I came in the army, uh, <laughs> because I, I really, you know, like the whole time I've been in the service, uh, anytime around fishing, uh, I'm doing that on the side, probably as hard as I'm working in the military. Uh, and it has allowed me, you know, the, the network in the, in the fishing industry is incredible. 
but you know, like uh, it, I'm not stumbling into it. I'm working hard for it to 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 be out there and to meet these people and do that. And it, whether it's fishing charity tournaments or working with um, some of the different nonprofit organizations I work with to to bring awareness to them. Uh, in reality, it, it 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 also brings awareness to me. Uh, and and my passion for fishing in that so it's exposed me to quite a few people uh and i think you know like uh i kind of feel sorry you know like for your just regular um fisherman type guy or tournament guy or or even the the lure manufacturers and that that we run into because uh, they're not i'm used to being around sf guys that are going 100 miles an hour all day long um and when I get around them guys, uh, and we see it quite a bit that it really doesn't, you know, like they're, it's a shock to them to, to be around somebody so positive and so energetic and so outgoing. And that, yeah, that it I, really I noticed does. the same thing, uh, Mark, as you know, I've, I've, I've been out coming up on two years now and I transitioned right into, uh, defense, defense contracting. And I, I noticed that man almost every day. Anytime I interact with some people, it's 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 tough to find those same character traits we were kind of raised with in in special forces. And that's I'm not taking anything away from any other group or or element or anything like that. It's just uh, I, I can relate directly to that. Um, you know, I I'm like, hey, why wait till tomorrow, man? Let's get it done. You know, do it if if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Yeah, you know, like you know, dudes that are used to like punching clocks and that, you know, yeah. you know, the the concept of just staying there until you're done, whether it's eighteen hours or twenty hours or or three days of doing something, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of throws them off. That you know, and and, uh, and I look at them like with a little pity, even like, geez, how yeah, are yeah. you not winning at this? <laughs> uh, but it, it's. It's it's neat to to be around it, and uh, I had a really cool experience just a couple of weeks ago here, uh, where I got to see that, and it and it really kind of, you know, it it, uh, it gave me a, a pretty good feeling about when I do transition out. That, uh, you know, I went to a dealer trade show here um, for Salmo Lures, mm-hmm. um, in Charlotte, uh, or in Raleigh, North Carolina, and. Uh, I'd never met the guy that I was working with there with Selmo until the day I showed up at the at the event and um, civilian guy hadn't really ever been around the military uh, much less been around you know Green Beret and so we spent probably like that first day in the booth more or less just catching up with each other on you know what each other is done and doing mm-hmm. and where we're headed and doing all that. Um, and then it's, it, it, part of my job at the booth there wasn't really to, to push their product or anything like that. Um, Tom Zanenko from Selmo basically had me there, uh, to expose me to that side of the industry, not the mm-hmm. tournament side or not the, you know, craftsmanship side, but the actual moving of the product. And it was why he wanted me at that to just, to experience it. Um, so when I, when I was talking to that guy about you, you know, sitting at his booth there and and how he was pushing a product to to um, mom and pop vendors and, and bait companies and that that were coming around, I, I kind of got into the ordering you know questions of it when he has computer set up and I was asking mm-hmm. how they order and how it works and all that, and he kind of gave me the rundown on that and then I said, do you mind if I try it? Uh, and a guy kind of laughed at me a little bit that 
you know, like, yeah, I guess you could try to do yeah. this, you know, think it, you know, like he probably don't get uh, asked that so, every day. <laughs> yeah. So, so just while I was sitting there, uh, I was shaking one of the lures that we had helped design and I watch a, a man and a woman walking down the aisle and I kind of kept shaking that lure and I was watching the, the guy at first, uh, cause I was kind of targeting him when they came walking up and I was kind of moving the lure back and forth in my hand. And he was gonna walk by me, and he and I kept clicking on the lure, and he looked back at us. I said, "Hey, you're not gonna sleep tonight. If you don't sit down and look at this real quick." <laughs> uh, so he kind of pulled his wife back in there, and they looked at it, and there's going back and forth. Once I had her in there, then she was more interested in the colors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was, you know, she's brand new, all these, you know, she's looking at this color and that color, and I kind of ran through the colors on it. Uh, but that guy, the the dude from the booth, wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing in a conversation I was having with the guys. Uh, and we went back and forth with that guy and, and the lady, and uh, she's like, "Hey, let's get a let's get some." Uh, and she hands me her card, like the the dealer show card that that's hanging mm-hmm. around your neck. I of course hadn't asked that question to that guy yet. I was just more into asking questions on on how the orders work. Uh, so she handed me that card. I was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of just here to consult with the paint schemes and the models. Uh, <laughs> that guy over there's got to do it." So she went walking over to that guy, and he kind of looked back at me, and I was smiling at him and give him a little hat tip and laughing. Uh, but it made a pretty big sale for them guys. Uh, and it, and it, to me, it wasn't that hard of a sale, uh, but I just needed to get the guy into the booth. You know, Once I got him into the booth, I could explain the lure and that to him. Uh, but the, you know, the guy from Salmo uh, kind of caught him off guard, I think, a little bit, that they, they made a fairly good order. Uh, and it was neat for me to see, you know, how to do it and, and go through the whole aspect from from well, Mark, grabbing you're, you're, a guy. Yeah, yeah. Mark, you're touching on a lot of things, man, that uh, are, are really awesome. And and what I mean specifically is, uh, you know, the whole purpose behind w- what Robert and I are trying to accomplish with the uh, with the podcast is to help uh, active duty and um, and even recently retired or or, or uh, longer veterans who are looking to transition from that military mindset from the military environment into the uh uh a business sector or, or something of the sort and, and it sounds like you are you know whether you realize it or not and, and you're smarter than the average bear so so i'm sure you realize it uh, but there's a lot of people out there who don't and and what i mean is you know you you've found your passion already and you know that's within the fishing industry um you're you're talking about a work ethic you're talking about uh, the desire to want to learn more and achieve more, um, all, all these things combined that you're touching on, you know, um, one of the next things is to is to find a way to bridge that gap and, and, and specifically uh, with regards to communication. You know, um, how do you communicate that on, on a resume um, and, and present that to a, a potential um, employer? Well, in your case, Mark, I think it's going to be a little bit different because what you're talking about, and let's make sure that everybody understands and Mm -hmm. we paint a right picture, is that you're marketing not just you as a soldier coming off of active duty and going into an industry that is um, well represented by people who have kind of paid their dues and everything else, but you're now having to market Mark McCowan. Now, so you know, some Mm -hmm. people do that in terms of trying to market themselves and show their value to an organization and what they can bring to the table but in your mm-hmm. sense you're trying to get people who will actually buy mark and and support you promote you uh, those types of things so this is going to be a really hefty resume 
marketing tool that gets out there for you and puts a step a best step forward right yeah definitely definitely and it's it's i mean i I got the unfair advantage of being you know above average intelligence uh the camera loves me (laughs) um so you know i've never taken a bad picture the microphone too Uh, (laughs) microphone yeah i can get in front of a mic if i just stop cussing uh i think I'll, i'll knock it out of the park no, but it, you know it, um, and I think you know a lot of that. You know, like you have that that um, just through you know the the last ten fifteen years of my life, just you know super positive, uh, and and confident, and and it, uh, you know ability to just go forward and 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 sell myself to these guys. Well, confidence has know, a lot to do know, with I've, it. I mean, yeah, you know, confidence is a big thing. Absolutely uh, for us. Um, and you know, I wouldn't, if I wasn't a confident guy, uh, I probably wouldn't be here today. Cause I've been in some tight, tight spots, uh, throughout my SF career that, that really a lot of times is confident and, and being bold and, and pretty lucky, uh, has got me through it. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times I look at that and it gives my wife a heart attack, you know, cause she sees me getting ready to transition out and she's looking for like, a calendar on the wall with a date marked with this yeah. and a calendar on that, you know, and I'm just like, oh, kind of a little letter buck. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I've done it before with, with, with sponsors. I've done it before with, with everything where I kind of box myself in. Uh, so like I'm telling her, I kind of want to leave it open ended. you know, I'm still networking. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. I don't want to end up, you know, like in, in a, in a good job where, you know, I don't have to worry about stepping on an ID or a guy shooting me. Um, but I also I want to be passionate about it. I want to be satisfied with what I go into, and then I, you know, once I get into it, of course I'm going to go forward and win. Absolutely. I mean, I, you come from a background automatically that's going to mean that you're going to put everything a hundred percent and then some uh, into whatever it is that you do. We definitely know that. And so, as an opportunity to break into the industry, you certainly paved the way between now and then to get the. Um, contacts in place to get your network and to, to demonstrate that you have the ability to to play within that space. And that's going to be a really important factor when it comes to people evaluating you and your background and experience. And regardless of whether you're just applying a resume out to the workforce or like you, you're trying to break into an industry in which it's very close knit and, um, you know, those types of things. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess, and I'm going to ask you this, that you've probably evaluated your peer group and evaluated what it is that you're trying to break into and what it is that separates you from them and how you need to market yourself then in terms of a resume and a, and a bio. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think I, I, um, you know, just going to that dealer show, um, just a couple of weeks ago, and that's the first time I've ever been able to go to that. And I have a, a couple more lined up to go to this year. Uh, one of them being ICAST this summer, uh, which is, you know, I kind of fell into, uh, again, uh, kind of a real lucky guy. And I really did fall into the ability to get to ICAST. Uh, and that's like the biggest trade show for dealers, like in the fishing industry. Um, but so I have that lined up to, you know, go to that. And I can't wait to get to that to see these guys. And these are people that I want to get into the field with. Uh, where I can kind of start measuring myself up between, you know, like, what are they doing? What can I do? Uh, of course, I can beat this guy. Look at that guy. I can do this. I can do that. 
but I saw it at this dealer show, you know, here, and it wasn't, you know, like the booth I was in. It was a booth around me. I watched a guy uh, near me that, you know, just he didn't have the the. I don't think he didn't have the skills to interact with people. Um, and and I kind of watched him, for the most part, fumble like through the whole weekend on what he was doing there. And I was like, dang, I kind of, and I felt bad, like maybe I should have went over and helped him, but I wasn't there for his booth. So you know, I was kind of watching right. him flounder a little bit. But I was able to gauge off that dude, like, yeah, I'd done this different, I'd done that different. So just being exposed to it, I was able to see some things I would do or wouldn't do. And then, um, you know, the the follow-on shows I have this year, I'll be able to, uh, you know, see it even on a bigger scale. You know, and communication is a big factor of that. So you're trying to translate your military skills and everything into the private sector. And in terms of what you're trying to do, it's a little bit different. It's not as easy to fit this box into this box. I mean, you're really coming from a square peg to a round hole type of thing. Uh, because you're yeah, leaving, yeah. yeah, you're leaving your military background and exploring a whole new industry uh, profession. And again, you've done a really good job of trying to prepare for that in the past. But um, you know, resumes in your sense are really more of the marketing um, aspects. And how are you going to present yourself so somebody wants to buy Mark McCowan as they move forward and sponsor you? Um, so what what we really want to do is try to make sure that. You know the things that you've talked about that you how you communicated and you were able to to work together uh, with some of the uh, other anglers and everything else that we try to put that put that into a paper um, that describes you and the accomplishments that you've made along the way uh, in the in your work with these uh, various groups and um, you know anglers and stuff like that to be able to present yourself properly to this this space you know this forum. So that that's going to yeah, be one of the big things. Yeah, because what I don't see in the very near future is anybody with a you know huge requirement for a door breacher or uh, somebody run an automatic <laughs> weapon. Uh, so you know the the, the main skill sets that we use, but you know there's so many that that we follow with you know with uh, the ability to speak languages and learn different languages and speak them and all that. That I see that quite a bit in the field as well. Uh, so it's there's other things that that we're doing uh, on a normal day-to-day mission here uh, that wow it's it's incredible how that parallels with what those guys are doing or what they need on that outside um, you know a lot of these lure manufacturers are going overseas now um, in some of some of the places that they're going overseas to, I look at it and I was like, man, if I apply myself for three months, I could get a pretty basic working knowledge of the language. Um, and when I talked to one of my other lure guys before that, like to him, that was putting a guy in the moon, you know. And it and uh, I was like, I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain, you know, if I apply myself for three months, I should be able to get, you know, real good basic working knowledge of the language and be able to go over there and talk to these guys for you. Uh, and to him, you know, like it, it absolutely shocked him that somebody would just learn another language. Um, like it, it just wasn't something that, that normal people look into like that. And, and I just figured it would, you know, it'd be something I could do in my off time. I think it would be that hard. Well, and, and uh, for you, I, I want to make sure people are clear because you're not just talking about going out and getting a job. You're talking about an entrepreneurial type of opportunity as well, because you're really creating a company here. So have you given much thought to looking at business plans and, you know, the elements of that and, and what goes into 
um, you know, whether it's marketing yourself, um, where it is that you want to actually target your target audience in order to to get the funding that you're going to be needing, um, the support. Um, how are you then going to? I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to put food on the table. Um, so, you know, you certainly want to try to make sure that you've got the documentation in place. You know, have you reached out to those who maybe have, have, do you know of anybody that's actually crossed this path in the past that you can actually reach out and reach out to as far as a mentor? Uh, n- no, not at all. You know, like I haven't really in that part of it, you know, I'm, I'm not applying, uh, enough effort to that. Um, and you know, like, uh, I think the from what I can see from the outside in, you know, like to to do you know my own start my own up like that. Uh, to me, it, it looks like too big of a bite to chew up, you know, and 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 try to hit something out of the park with without having the education for it or anything, you know. So one way, one thing I'm looking at when I come into out of here and into the industry would be to uh, go to an established company that's doing the right thing and and uh, just needs a little, you know, uh, the edge to to be able to, to bring a guy like me on that could have that ability to, to travel, you know, go around the world, you know, and and without, you know, too many hiccups or anything like that and then be able to um, apply my skills to that, to that company so you're you know just you know just through the the stuff that i've done already so you're already looking at that you've got to have a plan b operation in place here something that's definitely going to have to um take advantage of what it is that you know that you can do i mean you know skills a lot of people when they're in um the military may not think of project management or program management as an opportunity but certainly we all from the military have the skills of a timeliness accomplishing the mission uh, within a certain budget or requirement, um, making sure that all parties are, are uh, very much aware and communicating as well as the uh, common goal that we all share. These are all kind of project management kind of skills. So certainly that may be an opportunity for you to look at as you begin the transition that may fit very well with your skills and background without going into the federal side or the government support that will allow you too to apply a lot of the skills and passion that you already have within the SF community while at the same time working um, the marketing and strategy as it goes along with the angling side. Um, something to consider at least. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So when you, when you start looking at the family and everything, uh, you know, you mentioned your wife and everything. So how is the family thinking about the transition? I know for me, you know, it was something that they were a little leery about as to how, you know, you're kind of taking a leap of faith. You're out there on your own and you're, you're, you're hoping that things are going to work out and everything. So um, tell us a little bit about the, the transitional, you know, have you had a chance to really kind of go through that yet at this point? Uh, yeah, not in great detail, but, you know, we've sat and talked about it, um, and, and it, it, there's, a, you know, a million unanswered, you know, it's like, you can come, any question you ask, we don't really have the answer for it right now, whether that's being, are we, are we staying here and then working from here? Are we uprooting, moving, you know, somewhere? Uh, one thing I'd like to do and is to get my family off the East Coast and back to the Midwest and kind of away from 
uh, traffic, crime, uh, I-95 as far away from I-95 as I can get. <laughs> um, just, you know, like, <laughs> uh, to just kind of get them away. I want, I want my girls to grow up around the lake. And and I want them to be around fishing. I want them to be around boating. I want them, to, you know, to to and be in smaller schools. Uh, and to do that, you know, I, I kind of I want to bring them out of here, and I want to go more towards the Midwest. Totally makes it kinda sense. Falls in, you know, it opens. You know, there's there's so much more. Yeah, and, it, and it's there's a lot more. I'm I'm more near everything in that fishing industry that you know from from tournament fishing, um, my style of fishing to um friends and family are a little bit closer out there um a lot of the companies that i want to work around are out in that area and a lot one of the companies that you know i would desire to work for uh wants to get into that part of the country uh so it it's almost you know it fits into what we envision where i want my girls to grow up at um and the lifestyle we want to live like more on a lake and and um around nature and that but as far away from i-95 as we can get okay so i'm you know we were talking about and joking at the beginning of the show but uh have you joined linkedin as a as a good tool and stuff for networking uh no and i have been teased by rudy for a couple of years now uh, <laughs> about linkedin but i have not uh joined it so <laughs> You know, really, uh, I, I LinkedIn's do, not that I bad. Too, yeah. It's more of a, uh, yeah. it's more of a, a professional networking environment, uh, unlike uh, Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook, even. Right. Uh, so it, it's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty good tool. It's a great tool, and so what I would definitely yeah. recommend is that you join uh, LinkedIn. I'll tell you why. Is that as you start building your network, and especially with those who probably uh, exited the SF community and those that you've networked with along the way, and start connecting with them uh, on that platform, um, you're going to begin to see how many degrees away you are from uh, a particular company, a particular individual. For instance, if you um, you know, want to move to the Midwest, and there are some companies that you've had in mind that fit the culture of which you're you're thinking about going into, um, and uh, or the types of positions you think that you would fit what you're looking for in the geographical area that you're wanting to move into, then you can use that tool uh, by going up to the search engine and actually typing in that company, and you'll find people that you are one degree, two degree, or three degrees away. Uh, from being into that company and knowing a lot more about it. So, for instance, if I work for Company X, and that's the company that you were seeking uh, or most interested in, and uh, you decide to do that, you'd find that I was, let's say, two degrees away from you. In other words, Rudy is in between us. Then it would be really simple for you to pick up the phone and go, Hey, Rudy, you know this guy named Robert. Um, you know, he works for this company that I'm looking for. And as a matter of fact, he happens to be in charge of the department that really fits well with something I think I could add a lot of value to. Uh, and all Rudy's got to do is then reach out to me and we have an instant connection because I know yeah. Rudy, you know, Rudy, and that's why it's called LinkedIn. Yeah. Now you're LinkedIn to other people. I'd highly encourage you to get on that. It's a there's really a, good uh, professional. Mark, there's a tremendous, um, tremendous uh following uh on linkedin uh with the fishing industry all kinds of different companies that like different charters lure companies i mean you name it dude it's on there and and i think there's other tools that go along with that there are opportunities out there as well for you to uh, to put in you know what kind of uh if you're going on the 
job hunt or those types of things, you can add on and go into a, another level within the LinkedIn platform uh, to be able to look at, um, at jobs, to be able to look at companies potentially for sponsors, uh, whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's a really powerful tool. Um, I don't know how much the Army Career and Alumni Program goes into today, since I haven't been in it in quite some time, about what they do in, in understanding LinkedIn and how powerful it is. It's more than just setting up a profile and watching it work. You can really cultivate the market out there in the space. So, um, yeah, again, I definitely encourage you to go on that. And not just that, but there are several other networking sites out there devoted to military. Um, that Join them all. Uh, most of them are free, if not all of them. And uh, again, it, it's a way to stay in contact with a lot of the guys that maybe have uh, blazed the trail ahead of you um, that you're very familiar with and uh, who are probably likely connected with folks uh, or organizations that you're looking at maybe joining uh, or having as a sponsor in the, in the future, you know? Yeah, I don't think it, um, it's that's pretty similar to uh, to how to how we're we working in SF anyways. Uh, so, um, we're basically doing all the same type, you know, when somebody's coming to the team or something like that, you're immediately checking with somebody else. Or if you're going to a different unit, uh, you're, you're reaching out to the guys that are there already anyways. Um, absolutely. Uh, yep. So I think, you know, we're, we're using something basically in the same form as anyways, uh, so I don't think it'd be that much of a stretch, but I, I probably will go on and get on it now that two guys have given me help for it. So. <laughs> Some other things I want you to really start concentrating on is start looking at, um, you know, communication skills, setting down. And, and I know you mentioned a lot of that. And, and obviously it sounds like you're very much kind of an extrovert type of personality and how you communicate with folks. But um, you know, really encourage you to sit down with those that are really close to you, your spouse and your close friends and everything, and act as though you're in an interview setting so that you can really uh, begin to concentrate on how to market Mark uh, towards either a position or towards sponsorship, uh, those types of things. So really um, get their feedback. You know, hey, Mark, I probably wouldn't say that. Or you may start talking and go, gosh, that just really sounds crazy. I, maybe I don't need to say that. I know it sounds crazy to do that type of role playing, but you'll be really surprised as to how much that'll aid in, um, you know, when it comes the time to sit down with somebody across the table to begin talking about how they're going to spread money to you uh, or buy you in terms of bringing to their organization. You know, are you prepared to be able to present yourself in a way that they see the value within? Right, right. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, without a doubt. So, I mean, it's, it's again, it's a great um, thing to do. I know it sounds kind of crazy and such, but um, I, I found it to be really helpful um, to be able to sit down with the loved ones and stuff because they're going to give you the – they're going to be brutally honest, as you'd imagine. Um, and if your spouse is anything like mine, she's going to, you know, tell you right off, you know, hey, that sounds crazy. I wouldn't say that. You know, that's not you. Um, or, or talk to me. You know, I'll shoot straight on you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. And our whole, our lifestyle is about that. You know, we, we do, uh, you know, after action reviewing everything we do and, and like you never get the positives on it in the SF realm. Uh, like dudes will just lay out, here's the wrong things. Uh, and you know, once I don't need the positive stuff, uh, but once we fix it wrong, 
we're, we, you know, we go forward from there, we're good. So the the pats on the backs are are few and far in between in the world that we live in. And that, you know, I hey, I bring my kids up like that. Like if I come home from a tournament with a second place trophy or something, man, even my youngest eight year old daughter will be on me about like you couldn't get first or <laughs> why didn't you get big fish or. Uh, so that they don't they don't pull any punches here either. So you got to perform. Well, and 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 just to be clear, I mean, uh, you've had an, an advantage in terms of working with nonprofit organizations. I know that you were a big uh, founder of one uh, or participated as an active participant there, and you're still actively engaged um, uh, with a nonprofit. So you've got a lot of network in that space and nonprofits and understanding business and how they work and the things that they have to do in terms of raising funding, uh, management of the overall business. So it's just not like you're coming out and you've not been exposed to that. You've really put yourself in position uh, to meet the right types of people and to be engaged really with uh, what it is that you're planning on doing in the future, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, we started up the the Real Men Fishing Team, uh, and it the, it was a five hundred one C three or I don't I can't yep, remember how it was started, but it was the the we had the the yeah we had the military uh, background with it, so we were able to go that different route with it. Um, uh, and the the sole purpose of the of the team you know, was to, to bring awareness to another nonprofit organization, uh, special ops survivors. Um, and what we found when we were dealing with real men, uh, it kind of grew to, you know, as far as we could get the thing with, um, we were right at that point where if if we brought any, any more money into it, like we were going to actually have to hire on an accountant, uh, and probably we're in dire need of a lawyer, uh, eventually. Um, so we did as much with that as we could until we kind of pegged it out. Like it had hit is, you know, any more money coming in, uh, would it really push us to that next bracket to where, you know, we're just, you know, being scrutinized to unbelievable level. Uh, so we worked real close with special ops survivors and, and kind of fell in underneath special ops survivors where we're still raising awareness for that, but we're doing it through, it's called Team Special Ops Survivors, like the outdoorsman branch of it. They got some guys that are doing like the um, uh, Spartan races and that for Special Ops Survivors to bring awareness to to Special Ops Survivors. We're doing it through fishing. Uh, so it's the same same group of guys that were on Real Man. We just fall under a different name now, and we're just you know driving awareness to that. But we really you know, talk about the networking and that. We got the right sponsors on board with us. Uh, they're, you know, basically true patriots. Um, and w- we found quite a few when we were in real men that, um, kind of wanted to be on board with, with real men just because it was military and sexy and it helped sell their stuff, but they weren't patriots and, and they weren't trying to do the right thing all the time for, you know, like the, their surviving spouses for special ops survivors. Um, we kind of waded through that until and, and we got the right people behind us. Uh, and we're making some big, you know, leaps each year. You know, we're increasing what we're doing with it and more and more is coming into the into special ops survivors. So it's 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 going, you know, incredible right now. Uh, and it's, you know, basically 
uh, same group of guys, just going a little bit different direction, kind of took that middleman out of it. Um, and then getting the right sponsors on board for it. And once we found, you know, networked enough to where we could get out uh, nationally and, you know, you know, one of the companies, Skirmish Bates, that works with us with a memorial lure for them guys, uh, they're out of Arkansas. And then one of the other companies, um, Salmo Lures, that's working with us where we're going down to the Classic in another month. Uh, and they're they're doing something huge with, with uh, uh, Team Special Ops Survivor hats, actually a multi-cam hat designed after a team hat that the SF guys and the SEALs and that all wear. Uh, we're bringing that down there and, and doing a big fundraiser with them hats where it potentially could bring in thousands and thousands of dollars right back into Special Ops Survivors. But all that came through that, that you know, a lot of turmoil and a lot of, you know, bumping into, you know, the wrong guys or people that were just trying to use us. Um, and then we finally narrowed it down to true patriots that want to make a difference. And, and we're just going forward to them guys. It's making a big difference. Hey, hey, Robert, this is probably a good good chance to plug uh, uh, Boots to Business. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amy was, Amy was mentioning that to us on chat. So, Mark, I, I you know, I, and I again, the background that you've got and the ability that you've worked with in a marketing sense, um, there is a lot of benefits to that. And and folks that want to actually start their own company and something that you may want to even consider is from a um, a consulting perspective. And when I say consultant, I meant you know, giving the types of skills of background and project management, program management in terms of helping nonprofits, looking for funding and those types of things can all be in terms of a consulting firm as well. But there's a program out there for folks looking from an, uh, to become an entrepreneur, or to start their own business or even have questions and want to know the steps that uh, it takes to do that. And it's called Boots to Business. Uh, it's really an entrepreneurial education and training program that's offered by the U.S. Small Business Administration. Uh, it's tied in with the Department of Defense's Transition Assistance Program, and for the Army, that's the Army Career and Alumni Program. And the curriculum, they take you on a couple of days that takes you through steps of evaluating business concepts, the foundational knowledge required to develop a business plan, uh, and really information on the Small Business Association and all the magnitude of resources that are available out there to provide those types of technical service and assistance that's really needed. Um, and it might be a great resource for you as you're beginning to meet with that consultant at the ACAP. Uh, Mark, to talk about that Boots to Business program and see how it might fit your passion and something you're wanting to do because it fits very well with, again, trying to make Mark and market Mark um, to professionals and to those who may want to buy that product uh, and sponsor you. So highly encourage that. Called Boots to Business. Yeah, definitely wrote that down i could use boots to business when we fired up real men that would have definitely helped out absolutely yeah. i mean these are professionals that understand again the small business administration is a free resource that's out there that really um are professionals that understand some of the trials and tribulations that folks go through and starting up their own uh, organization who have not gone through those things before uh can provide you with funding can provide you with um you know, how to develop the business plan, uh, how to interview and get the type of marketing um, skills and to get the promotion that you're talking about. Again, I think it fits very nicely and well, and I appreciate Amy bringing that up because I do think it fits very well with what you're talking about. And it's an add-on not only to the Small Business Administration, but to the uh, Transition Assistance Program, as we mentioned. So um, it's it's going to be something as you begin to 
identify, you know, when it is that you're separating and drop those papers, they're automatically going to enroll you into uh, the Army Career and Alumni Program. So this is going to be part of that. It's going to be an extension. And, and and you can go out there and actually search for it. If you even Google Boots to Business, you'll find more information about it. Yeah. Uh, Robert, Amy, put the, uh, Amy actually put the website up for us. It's uh, marketsba.gov slash boots to business. Okay, that's great. So glad you put that up there. Um, so, you know, again, once you figure out what it is that you're passionate about, that's kind of the secret sauce. I think the next step is really trying to figure out how it is that you're going to market yourself. And the first step that's going to do that is your resume. Um, you're going to do some of that during the Army Career and Alumni Program. They're going to give you some of the training and background on that. But start researching who your peer group is and who it is that you're going to be marketing against uh, in in the industry that you're looking at. Uh, uh, put that within that uh, resume and make sure that you're fitting that that you know that same kind of space that you're looking at. Whether it's um, you know whatever level it is, whatever organization that you're targeting, specific marketers or promoters, those types of things. You definitely want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is going to be, you know, all right, start practicing on how I'm going to interview. How am I going to get them to buy Mark McCowan? Whether that's, again, going to look for a private sector industry or company or whether it's going into the, I think, the professional England. I don't think it's going to be any different. And, Rudy, you've done a lot of this already in Blazing the Trail and especially in the professional England side of it and getting promotion. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it, it's slow go, uh, no doubt about it. It's a, it's a tough road, but uh, it's, it's it's definitely applicable. Everything everything that we're talking about, um, as long as as long as we can, and I say we, Mark uh, and, and myself, can continue to – uh, bridge that gap, especially with communication uh, hurdles. You know, a lot of people don't they don't speak the same lexicon, and they don't understand the uh, a lot of the drive and the tenacity. And Mark, and I'm with you, brother. You you know, you were talking uh, about you know we don't need pats on the backs, but you know, as a leader, you know, we we don't hand a lot of those out in SF, but in in a business sector or in a business environment, you know, that that might be something to consider. Um, and that might that might be something new for you, um, but I'm I'm quite sure you can handle it. Um, but you're you're firing on all cylinders, man. You're you're speaking the right language. You've you, you've got the right steps in place. Uh, everything's going well. Yeah, and I and I think you know again, LinkedIn is a kind of an additive that of uh, something that you know Scott pointed out as far as it's it's a lot of who you know and and everybody who knows you it's much easier if they know Mark already. They know what your background is. They know what your skill sets. They know what you bring to the table. They know how hard you work. Those are the folks that are going to be rallying behind you the most to make sure you're successful. So that's the reason why you want to start that type mm-hmm. of networking as soon as possible because it, it makes it much easier. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so for you, you know, I I definitely would uh, give that type of homework. One last thing I think I would mention is a lot of folks are not prepared for the, how long it may take, um, after transition, uh, to be able to get that right opportunity. It could, you could have hit a break and it happened right off the bat. As soon as you transition out, uh, many folks take uh, terminal leave prior to their transition. So it gives you a little bit of that buffer to be able to nurture that network and maybe even start a part-time job or do something of that nature to, to get things going in terms of income, uh, but certainly setting up some kind of small nest egg in order to prepare for the worst, you know, whether it's three months, six months, a year, um, is something you still have time to do as well. So I, I would take a little bit of time in trying to build that up 
Um, and I don't know if you have already, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there as something that might be able to help you in preparing for that in, in case it doesn't happen in your time, unfortunately. Mark, I'd like to go ahead and plug too. Yeah, and, I, was, um, uh, I was really. I, I'd love you to be a guest on the on the on the show coming up, uh, or at least at least join in the chat. We're gonna have we're actually gonna have a uh, SBA uh, expert. She, she's in a, uh, a high level advisor uh, with the SBA, and she's extremely familiar with the um, with the Boots to Business program. And and I'll go ahead and, and throw it out there, Robert. Uh, we're tentatively locking her in for. 14 February, is that right? Yep, that's correct. So, yeah. and she's very familiar with the Boots to uh, Business program, and we're yep. looking um, forward to that conversation and getting more into that and how that supports everyone. So, that may be a great opportunity for yourself and especially someone like Scott that's joined us in the past that was an entrepreneur that. Oh, yeah. Uh, to maybe have a kind of a round room forum and uh, really explore that and make sure that folks are aware of those types of programs that are out there. Again, these things are free. So let's take advantage of stuff that's free to you uh, for sure. And um, you, you have nothing to lose from it, really, by getting involved in those types of situations. So, um, yeah, that's more, yeah, that you can, you can say that be, uh, and there's so much that's out there that, you know, it's just, and I'm completely amazed, you know, you know, talking with you guys. Um, I talked with a guy that uh, it got out of SF a, a couple of years ago. Uh, we ended up pumping gas beside each other. Uh, that dude gave me like five or six different cards. You know, he's been out and, and he's like, hey, I got the code cracked on this. Uh, call me about this. Do that. I had no clue to any of the stuff he was talking about. It was it was just amazing. He, you know, just while we were pumping gas, he must have went through like ten different things that were out there, <laughs> and, and and he highlighted it too. The same thing. He was like, "Hey, and this is free, and this doesn't cost anything. This is free, and they actually paid me to do this, and then they paid me to do that." You know, he went through like fifteen programs. He just started handing me cards. Uh, but there's a ton of stuff out there and knucklehead like me, that's just, you know, knows the grindstone at work and not paying attention to it. Um, I just, you know, I haven't looked for any of that yet. Yeah. There's no fault in that, man. I'm telling you right now, all of us have been through that. And I can say that, uh, for me personally, I actually started the, the process 10 years in, I started testing the waters. I was a really confident individual thinking that I could walk out the door and jump right in the private sector, threw together a resume, um, put it out to a big company that was nearby there at Fort Benning, actually in Columbus, Georgia. I won't mention who it was, but at any rate, they looked at it. And um, by the time I got done with the HR vice president that um, happened to be kind enough to, to spend her time with me and looking over my resume, um, I felt about a uh, half an inch small. Um, it, you know, it was one of these things, my confidence yeah. was very much busted. And I started realizing there's a plan and you know, like everything else, we spend a whole lot of time. And I, I know, Mark, in your profession, you spend a whole lot of time planning, preparing uh, for that execution over and over again to make sure it's successful. It, it's no difference here. I mean, this is one of those things that you've got to yep. make an effort. You've got to actually um, plan and prepare for that so that you can execute. And, you know, that's that's yeah, you, how you, you win. You said something there, Robert. Uh, we had a guest earlier, uh, Josh, uh, and he sounded like he was having some struggles. Uh, been through a couple jobs and uh, kind of a little bit down on his luck, but uh, you hit something right there, uh, plucking my heartstrings. And that was, you know, after you encountered that hurdle, and after she, you know, you spoke with her, and it's like, holy cow, I'm way off the mark. There's a, there's a lot of things I got to tune up with myself. Um, you picked yourself up by the bootstraps and you kept going. 
you know, that's that, that says a lot right there too. That, that that never give up attitude, that that passion to want to achieve something more, something different, uh, and you were able to do that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, you know, for me, it was one of those things where um, probably much like you and like you know Scott and that we had on a couple of weeks ago and and Mark yourself, it's that you you, you kind of felt like. Um, you know, you've accomplished so much and you've risen to the top and you're not going to let that slide any, you're going to want to continue moving forward and keep at that level and keep the pressure on yourself. And, um, like you were mentioning, uh, the other anglers and stuff, it's the same thing. It's going to apply now of how you need to apply that passion, um, towards creating the passion that you want in the future. And, um, I think that's where a lot of folks that at least I've ran into that in the military that are making the transition, they're looking for someone to say, oh, hey, you're uh, your former military. Hey, thanks for that. And uh, here's a job. And by the way, we're going to pay you X and we thank you so much for serving our country. Doesn't happen like that. You know, you've got to really get out right. there and work right. for it. You know, that's a struggle for some folks, but I don't see that in you. Um, I don't see the that in those who have you know, really uh, want to get ahead in life and everything else. And so you just got to figure out, okay, well, then what is that plan? What is it that I've got to do? And, and there are folks along the way that are willing to help you, uh, and especially those, again, that know you best, to go, hey, Mark, I, I think I know what it is that you like. I think I know what you can bring to the table. I know a position or I know a guy, uh, and maybe I know a guy that knows a guy, um, let me put you in contact with them. And again, right. you'd be amazed at how quickly those types of things start, uh, you know, getting passed on and your connections. Um, I think there was a, a, a comedy show or something that you're seven degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Is that it or something along <laughs> that line? It's, it's kind of the same yeah. thing, you know, LinkedIn. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn does the same thing. I mean, it, it kind of starts showing you that, uh, but when you really start sitting down and realizing how far you away, uh, how far are you away from what it is that you want to do, who you want to meet or whatever, you're really not that far. Um, and it just takes that effort in order to, to kind of, right. you know, nudge you and push you forward. We're not going to let you go, by the way, we're going to start pushing you and nudging you quite a bit here. Cause um, we know you and we want to make sure you're <laughs> successful on the back end. So, you know, we're, we're going to keep priding you for sure. Oh, Scott, uh, Scotty Kinder, uh, just chimed in on the chat, man. Talking about, uh, LinkedIn, Mark, he's another fifth grouper buddy, uh, started his own company out in Australia. You need to, mm -hmm. to listen to that podcast. He's, he's rocking it. Um, LinkedIn is money for you is what he's saying. And it's free. Yeah, it's free. Too many people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right in the price. Free, free, free ninety free. free. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, for a, you know taking a little bit of the ragging and stuff that we were giving you and the hard time and stuff about the mailman, the whole eighty-eight mic. I get it, uh, you know, but it's all in good love. Um, we want the best for you, and there's a again, there's a process and a plan that we're going to start try to sit down with you about to help you map out. Uh, for those of you that are listening, there's certainly resources that are available uh, through the Army Career Alumni Program or Transition Assistance Programs, whether you're in the Marine Corps, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard. There are programs out there and counselors that are available that set, uh, sit down with you and can 
map out a process. And if nothing else, there's the Mentors for Military site. So it's mentors for the FORmilitary.com. And uh, Rudy and I and others that's uh, on this podcast or been on this podcast in the past are more than willing to help each and every one of you try to get to that next level, whether it's connecting you with uh, resources, understanding the LinkedIn, of course, these podcasts, that's what a lot of those are for as well, for us to give you that kind of inside information. So uh, again, Mark, I really appreciate it uh, for you taking time out of your busy schedule in order to get on the show. Uh, we'll try to map out a plan for you, brother, make sure that you're all taken care of, and um, I wish you much success in the future. And Mark, spread the wealth to those uh, right. other Green Berets uh, back here at Third, man. I know, I know a bunch of them, and uh, they're in the same boat or getting ready to be in there quick. All right, Mark, so uh, yeah, thank you so right. much. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, awesome. So again, uh, this is Robert Gowan and uh, Rudy Lindsay for MentorsForMilitary.com. Appreciate you, everybody, listening. Uh, We'll be back here Sunday for sure at 9 o'clock p.m., although we will be uh, scheduling some additional calls, and we'll tweet those out as that information becomes available. Or you can check us out on our Facebook page at Mentors for Military as well and uh, publishing that information as soon as it's available with our guest and Uh, Again, I think we're going to start having some more ad hoc type shows and sprinkle and pepper those uh, throughout. Um, It's really uh, taking off, and uh, we want to make sure that we're getting the information out to you of what could help you become more successful in the future. Uh, For that, uh, you guys have a great evening, and thank you again. Absolutely. Wishing you success. All right. Thanks, guys.